Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Cargo Facts Connect, the newsletter of record for the air cargo and freighter aircraft industries for over 40 years. I'm Charles Kaufman, Senior Editor of Cargo Facts, and this is our weekly wrap for what's happening in the industry this week. Before we begin, I'd like to thank our sponsors and advertisers, Ankara International, AEI, C-Cubed Aerospace, BFW, and IPR Conversions. I'm pleased to be joined this week by Jeff Lee, Associate Editor. It is March 5th, 2021, and here are the biggest news items from our editorial team this week. Starting with a story from Latin America, Jeff, you very recently interviewed Andres Bianchi, the CEO of LATAM Cargo, who unveiled major expansion plans for their freighter fleet. This tells me that despite the parent group's bankruptcy and restructuring, which began last year, cargo remains a focus uh, for, for LATAM, which is the region's largest player. Can you tell us what they have planned? And, you know, I'm curious, to what extent does this bullish stance on the freighter fleet reflect a pessimistic view on the recovery trajectory for passenger travel in the region? This order, yes, is pretty significant. They will take four, seven, six, seven, 300 yards from their, their passenger fleet, and they will convert them with Boeing into 767-300 BCFs. Uh, and they also have options for four more conversions. Uh, now it's interesting to note that these uh, frames, passenger frames, aren't actually that old. They're, I think the oldest being around 15 years old. And um, so they will end up being younger freighters than their production 767 freighters. Um, and in terms of the, the timing, they expect to take the, the first BCF uh, late this year, and the rest going all the way to the next summer. Um, Andres also told me that he thinks it's likely that they will exercise those, at least some of those four options. Yeah, that is that is a pretty significant expansion. Is it your sense that this order was premeditated or you know, is it a direct response to the capacity crunch that we're seeing in, in today's market that was uh, induced by the, the pandemic itself? I mean, look, generally the Latin American market is, on the passenger side, is expected to, to be quite slow to recover. And if we look at Chile, for example, yes, they are slightly ahead in terms of vaccinations, but overall the, the rollout is going to be slower than, than other regions. And LATAM itself, I think, is predicting it could take until 2023 or even 24 for the market to be where it was um, in 2019. But I mean, even before the pandemic, Latin America had its, its own challenges and, and economic weaknesses. So I don't think this, this order was necessarily a, a direct uh, response to the pandemic. And I think they, Andres told me that this plan had been in the works for, uh, you know, a couple of years. And yes, the pandemic allowed them to accelerate those plans, um, you know, with passenger aircraft being freed up, for example, that was just one factor. And, but the, these plans are based on, on longer term demand trends. Um, and of course, they're already the largest cargo carrier in, in Latin America and the largest airline group in Latin America. But long-term trends such as 
flowers flowers from Colombia and uh, increased north south uh, trade and you know also they they also want to expand uh, their transatlantic operations so I mean there, there are various factors there that that they're po positive about and aren't necessarily uh, affected by by the pandemic. Right, there's, there's certainly a lot to process there. Um, moving on, we continue to see new lessors getting involved with narrow body freighter conversions. It seems like you know, every week we have we have a new story. Jeff, what are the updates this week? Well, this week, Macquarie, Ireland headquartered Macquarie Air Finance announced an agreement with, with AEI to convert four 737-800s. And it's interesting because they, the latest to join the list of, of lessors um, to move into 737 NG uh, freighter conversions. And it's, it's remarkable over the past 12 months, we've seen at least, I think, five, six, seven lessors doing this. And, you know, not all of them uh, necessarily have, have customers lined up for these conversions. So, but of course, it's it's probably not that surprising considering the, the overall weakness in the passenger market and you know the the ages of, of some of these seven three seven eight hundreds um, and I think we will be probably be seeing more this year. Um, but you know, on the Airbus narrow body side, EFW also inducted the the conformity aircraft for the A three twenty P two F program, which is kind of exciting. Um, now, what do you think, what do you think of this order, this conversion, um, you know, is it a, another kind of speculative um, conversion on the part of the customer? Well, that's a, that's a good question. We, we, we do not, oh, I, I should say, uh, EFW has not formally revealed the, uh, the, uh, the identity of, of the launch customer. I think if we take if we take a step back, there's there's an awareness of the demand for for narrow body freighters, um, and so you know maybe the what we call the order we refer to it as a speculative order, but most of the the launch orders we've seen for for some of these new programs have been placed by um, by lessors or um, you know investment companies without an operator necessarily lined up. That being said, upon redelivery, you know after the program is, is certified, most of these aircraft uh, have, have swiftly gone into service. Uh, so I would expect the, the same for the A320 that, that EFW has, has just started converting. And yes, if I had to guess, I would say that a lessor or investment group is, is certainly uh, behind that conformity aircraft. Right. And I mean, we've been looking through some feedstock ages, um, you know, this week or two. And there's on, the, you know, for A320, certainly there, there are, you know, a, a vast number of them that could be, you know, conventionally considered suitable for, for conversion. But doesn't this seem, on the FW's part, doesn't this, this seem a bit late? Yeah, certainly based on air airframe age characteristics, 
it it is a bit late. I would also mention though that this is not the venture's first go at an A320 uh, PDF program. So back in 2007, I believe it was Airbus, uh, EFW, and and a few different partners actually uh, initially launched the the or conversion programs for the A320 and and 21. Uh, that first go didn't turn out to be uh, successful it ran into some uh, some issues. As we've seen though, uh, EFW has certified and re-delivered its first A321-200 uh, PDFs. So, um, you know, this this next round is, is off to a, a much better start. And what's what's different this time around? Yeah, so that, that first program, again, a, a different mix of partners was involved, but with the, with the A320-200, uh, the issue really related to the location of the angle of attack sensor on, on the aircraft. Uh, and so just over the course of, of um, the design for, for conversion, um, you know, that, that caused problems. I believe the workaround solution this time around involves repositioning the sensor. And of course, Airbus um, is, a, is a partner on this project. So um, that is a, a possibility for, uh, for the conversion. Uh, if we look beyond conversions, there, there wasn't too much news on the, the production freighter front, but uh, Lufthansa Cargo, a major combination carrier, obviously reported its 2020 results this week. How much did the carrier rake in last year during the, the pandemic and, and what might this mean for its freighter operation? So of course it's it's no surprise that those with freighters um, you know made they made a an impressive amount of money and you know for Lufthansa cargo, they actually reported a historic uh, adjusted EBIT of 772 million euros and I mean that was just remarkable, but that wasn't obviously wasn't enough to to offset the the overall loss on you know on the with the group, and that loss was a staggering eight billion dollars this year uh, last year. So, um, but it there was one aspect of of this uh, of the announcement that came out that was you know particularly interesting for us because they said that they will be expecting. A, a new triple seven uh, this fall, um, and I, I so I asked them, and so except it wasn't it it, it is a new triple seven freighter in terms of to the extent that it's a new addition to the fleet, but it's not a new triple seven newly built triple seven because it will be leased, um, and you know we would it's interesting to think about where this news triple seven phrase might be coming from. Um, and I think we had a few ideas, but, um, and digging further into their annual report, they also have what appears to be a, a purchase uh, option for, for a triple seven. And I asked and asked Lufthansa and they told me that this is a, a purchase option for one of the, the aerologic frames um, that is leased, that is currently leased so it's it's uh, you know there are things happening there on the on the production triple seven front and for Lufthansa that's particularly important because they they will be removing all of their 
MD11 freezers, um, you know, by this fall, and there are three of them left currently. So by the end of this year, they will have finally transitioned to that uh, all triple seven freezer fleet. And if we go back to that least triple seven freighter that you you mentioned, and if you had to guess, where where is that aircraft coming from? I would guess possibly an Emirates frame that I that we believe is is coming off Nice around August, and so that time frame does kind of fit. We'll see. Indeed, we will. Looking ahead to next week, Jeff, what's on tap? Well, we're continuing to uh, to look at some new entrants to the, to freighters, and um, you know, some of the freighter fleet changes in in the Asia Pacific region. And uh, of course, it's unbelievable, but it's March twenty twenty one, which means it's a full year since uh, the onset of the pandemic. So. That's, uh, yeah, we'll be also looking at changes and developments on that front. It is hard to believe one year um, already at this point. That about does it for, for this week. To those of you listening, thank you for joining us today on, on Cargo Facts. For more multimedia content like this, check out CargoFacts.com and search Cargo Facts Connect on iTunes and Spotify. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks, Charles.